Welcome to the Creative Genius Podcast with Nicolette Wilson-Clark. Riverside Today for Southwest London on Riverside Radio. Hello and welcome. It's Nicolette. It's the Creative Genius Show. What a pleasure to be here. And this is the local radio show that supports the creative in learning who they are so that they can courageously manage their emotional well-being and tap into their genius. Now, in today's show, I'd like to revisit the subject of suicide. I have talked about this previously, but I did talk about it from a perspective of those people who actually were wondering how they support someone who is feeling suicidal. And today I want to approach it from the point of view that you're feeling suicidal and that you would like some support to manage what's going on with you. When I talked about this last year, suicide records had hit a record high of, oh gosh, uh, statistics, the official um, of Na- the Office of National Statistics, they had showed that 1,413 self-inflicted deaths were recorded in the last three months of 2019 last year, compared with 1,130 in the same period of 2017. Now that's a 25% increase and 74% of deaths were among males the most common age group being between 50 and 40 years of age. Now, at the moment, there is no evidence to show that since the COVID-19 pandemic that there has been a rise. However, we may hear differently in about six to 12 months when stats are, you know, fully collated and everything is put into a perspective. The World Health Organization estimates that approximately 1 million people die each year from suicide. And today's show is about how to help you, how to help yourself, getting help from others as well, and the myths associated with suicide. So let's start with that. Let's start with the myths that are associated with suicide. Now, according to helpguide.org, here are some myths that are believed to be true about suicide. Number one is that people who talk about suicide won't really do it. That is the myth. But the fact is that almost everyone who attempts suicide has given some clue or some warning in the past. So, you know, don't ignore even indirect references to death or to suicide. Don't ignore them. Statements like, you'll be sorry when I'm gone and uh, I can't see any way out. Those types of statements, no matter how casually or jokingly they are said, they may indicate serious suicidal feelings. So do pay attention. Now, another myth is that anyone who tries to kill themselves must be crazy. The fact is that most suicidal uh, people are not psychotic or insane. They're just upset. They're grief-stricken. They're depressed. Or they're despairing about something. But extreme distress and emotional pain are not necessarily signs of mental illness. And that's really important to differentiate. Now, Number three is that if someone is determined to kill themselves, nothing is going to stop them. The fact here is that even a very severely depressed person has mixed feelings about death. You know, those feelings fluctuate between wanting to stay alive, to live, and wanting to die. And rather than wanting death, they actually just want the pain to stop. 
and the impulse to end their life does not last forever. It is a momentary thing, but it does come. And just as it comes, it does go. Now, number four is people who die by suicide are people who are unwilling to seek help. And the fact is that many people try to get help before attempting suicide. You know, in fact, studies have shown and indicated that more than 50% of suicide victims have sought medical help in the past six months prior to their deaths. And one more myth that I'd love to share is that talking about suicide may give someone the idea. Talking about suicide, the myth is, that talking about suicide may give someone the idea. Well, the fact is that you don't give someone suicidal ideas by just talking about it. You know, rather the opposite is true. Talking openly, talking honestly about suicidal thoughts and those suicidal feelings can really help to save a life. So those are some myths. Those are some untruths about suicide. And for me, it's really important to talk about this so that it's not one of those things that people are afraid of that they feel a bit tentative and walking on eggshells when it comes to uh, discussing it for any reason whether it's discussing it with friends family colleagues professionals or whether it's just actually thinking about it themselves it's not a taboo it is something that you might experience on your life journey and it doesn't have to be for the rest of your life. It can be a momentary thought that then passes. Let's go for a little break. And when I come back, we're going to talk more about helping yourself and reaching out to others. It's the Creative Genius Podcast with Nicolette Wilson Club. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Riverside Radio. It's Nicolette on the Creative Genius Show and I'm here talking about suicide and I want to continue. I've just been talking about the myths and demything them and giving you the facts but now I want to talk about how you can start helping yourself and how you can feel okay about reaching out to others. Now whenever you're feeling Oh, so whatever it is that you're feeling right now is really unique to you, okay? Those emotions are very, very unique to you. But what's really important to realize is that having suicide thoughts themselves is not actually unique. That is not actually unique. And yes, there are many others who feel the same way about wanting to end their life, but they've got through it by realizing that they're not alone, and you might be feeling depressed, you might be feeling useless, like a burden, self-loathing, anxious perhaps, afraid. Maybe you feel powerless or hopeless or overwhelmed. You can have all of these emotions going on with you. And perhaps you're blaming yourself for past events or experiences. You know, it might be that you're experiencing emotions that make you feel really bad about yourself at the moment. It might be that you're unsure about what it is you're feeling. What are these feelings? You know, where are they coming from? And why do you even want to end your life? You know, that in itself can actually bring up a lot of guilt and shame in turn. So it can make you feel even worse and unable to tell someone and when you're not talking to anyone about how you feel that in turn can cause feelings of isolation and you feeling quite insignificant very insignificant 
Now, I'd like to reiterate here that you're not alone. You're not alone in these feelings. Yes, the, uh, in these thoughts about suicide. Yes, the feelings might be unique to you. But there are people out there who also have suicidal thoughts. And there are also people out there who want to help you. There are professionals who understand what you're experiencing and who can actually help you get through it. Now, if you're suicidal and you're listening to this, I really invite you to please take the first step of just talking to someone you trust. You know, people that you can reach out to are people like members of your family, friends, support networks, your doctor or your local medical center. Perhaps a trained professional, like a counsellor or a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist. There are phone helplines. Now, the Samaritans, you can ring them in the UK 24 hours a day. You can ring them free. And the number for the Samaritans is 116-123. The number for the Samaritans in the UK is 116-123. You can also speak to church or spiritual leaders if they're in your world and also support groups for people going through similar situations as you. Having that connection can really support your progress. Something I want to remind you is that if your request for help isn't heard, then just ask again. Ask again and ask again because it may be that you need to turn to someone who could do something in particular, that someone you're asking doesn't feel that they have the resources and the tools to do. So it might be that you want to reach out to someone who could accompany you to an appointment or to meetings or to simply listen to you. And not everyone is able to support in the way that you might be asking. So please keep asking different people until you find the right person for what you need if you're not getting the responses that are going to support you. Now, if you've made a plan to hurt yourself, because there is such a thing as a suicide plan, if you've made a plan to hurt yourself, talk about what you're planning to do with someone. You know, it's like, if I talk about it, then, oh my gosh, it means that what does it mean? It means that you're getting it out of your system. It means that you're being given the opportunity to voice what's on your mind. It means that you might even hear your words back and think differently. So if you have a plan, if you've made a plan to hurt yourself, you know, talk about it with someone so that they can support you, so that they can understand how serious your thoughts are. Because once you've made a plan, we're getting on to the very serious side. And you want them to to, to know what it is you need and how they can support you, how they can signpost you. Often, when you're having suicidal thoughts, and they call it suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts or feelings or plans, you can be in conflict, actually. You can feel conflicted about taking your life, conflicted about taking your life and staying alive. Because all you really want is the pain to stop. But at the moment, that's not happening. So taking your life seems the next best possible way of getting there. Now, if you're sharing with a professional, 
here's you know just a thought to think of asking questions about what's going on with you to reduce confusing and anxious thoughts so if you just don't quite understand you're confused which can cause anxiety about what is happening please do ask those professionals who can answer you because that could be the the, the gap that you're filling between understanding your emotions and your thoughts and coming away from the thoughts of suicide. You know, and they will ask you questions too about you and your situation because they want to better help you. And if you want to have a trusted friend or a family member with you during these talks with a professional, then, you know, you have the right to request this. And it's important for you to appreciate what you have the right to do. And I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, you know, the, the, the right to have certain feelings, the right to be able to do certain things. It's important to say what you need. And sometimes we don't actually know. So talking about it is the way forward, is the way to be able to get yourself to be heard by you and another. And that is a very challenging thing because you're often feeling like you're unseen and unheard. So see how you could do one thing differently and get yourself seen, get yourself heard by reaching out to either a professional or to a friend or colleague or a carer of some kind. Now at the extreme end of suicidal thoughts and feelings, medication may be recommended as a way to calm your feelings and those prescribing may wish to consult with friends and families just to understand the situation better. Now you know they need your permission to do this unless there is a concern for life you know whereas they will talk to those people without your consent only because your life is at risk. So here's some information about what's within your right when you ask for help. You have the right to be taken seriously and respected. And if you're not, that's a breach. And you have a right to stand up and move away from that person, that professional. You have the right to have how you feel acknowledged because you matter because if it's bothering you, then it's an issue. No one has the right to tell you whether something is significant or not. You have the right to speak in private to someone about how you're feeling and to speak to them in private about your situation as well. You have the right to be listened to. You have the right to encourage, so you have the right to be encouraged for recovery. You have the right to have friends and family and other people support you in decision making about your care. And you also have the right to have your cultural needs acknowledged where applicable and relevant. You have the right to have them acknowledged, met and supported. Now, I would love to be able to offer you some better ways, sorry, some ways to feel better about what you're experiencing and about how you feel about yourself. And that's what we're gonna do right after this short break. So please don't go anywhere, stay with me. Listen to previous shows at thecreativegenius.co.uk. 
Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Nicolette on the Creative Genius Show. And I'm talking about suicide. I'm talking about right now, as in before the break, I was talking about what you have the right to ask for. And what I would love to offer you now are things that you can ask yourself for. There are ways that you can be kind to yourself, that you can offer yourself a a moment, an opportunity to see things differently by doing different things. You know, when we're in emotional pain, it can actually feel like it will never end. It will never change. And perhaps a glimmer of hope in, in an instant is, is, is just, you know, one second to assist you in thinking differently. Maybe it's about you thinking about taking one step at a time, just one step at a time. Whatever it is that you need to cope with, just breaking it down into bite-sized. And if you break it down into bite-sized moments, for example, you may well have more clarity in seeing that the emotion or the mood that you're experiencing today, it can and it will change. You know, just as it has before, just as it changed before you got to the point of where you are now, because that was a change and a shift, it will change again in the future. And that's the hope that we can hold on to, one moment at a time. So here are some ways that you can offer yourself moments of respite from the way you're feeling so that you can assist it in shifting and just ways that you can be really kind to who you are. You know, we tend to forget, this would be the first one, that our thoughts are just that. Our thoughts are thoughts. That's all they are. And just because they're thoughts doesn't mean you have to listen to them. The issue is that the stronger and the louder the thoughts get, the more we think that we should be listening to them, the more we think that they are true. So an invitation for you to challenge your thoughts, challenge what's coming up, question it, be curious about it, be playful about it and challenge them regularly. When you do this, you're going to watch them fade away. You're going to watch them disappear slowly, but you have to do it on a regular basis with consistent questioning. It will not happen overnight, but if you make that first step just once and then twice and then thrice and so on, one step at a time. If you've got things in your possession that you could harm yourself with, here's an invitation, remove them. You know, if you've got a suicide plan and you've got medication or you've got other stuff that could end your life, remove them, help yourself. And if you're unable to do it for whatever reason, then ask someone else to, ask someone that you trust to assist you in getting rid of them. Another way that you could support yourself is to create a go-to box. Yeah, a go-to box. You know, when your mood needs lifting or you need a distraction, go to this box. And when you're creating it, fill it with things that bring you absolute comfort and joy. You know, reminders of the good things in your life, like books and photos and letters and cartoons and coloring books and messages to yourself, maybe even messages to loved ones, poems, 
music, toys, comedy, self-care tools and tips, all that kind of stuff. Uh, like aromatherapy uh, oils, uh, crystals, uh, chocolate, perfume. Those types of things could be in your go-to box. As soon as you open the box, maybe you are met with a smell because of what's inside it, a smell that serves you, whether it's like jasmine or ylang lang or lavender or lemongrass or tangerine essential oil. You know, something that brings you back to this moment and away from that emotional spiraling of hopelessness and despair, of guilt. Now, sleep is one of the main causes of of mood shifts. And so how much sleep do you get? How much do you need, actually? And how much do you get? So get a good night's sleep. And if you must nap during the day, because sometimes that is a necessity, it will shift you to a, a more positive place, then just ensure that your napping is no more than 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. And incorporate regular exercise into your day around your good sleep and your napping if that's happening. Rest is not the same as sleep. You can just sit down and close your eyes or reading a book could be resting. Listening to music could be resting. Having your eyes open and just staring at something could be resting. So rest when it calls for it and eat nutritious foods to give you long lasting energy, to give you that clarity of mind and to give you that robustness for you to feel like life is worth living. Now, where you can avoid self-medicating through things like drinking alcohol or taking non-prescriptive drugs or recreational drugs you know they can really change the way you think and the way you feel and mostly in an unhelpful way remember that if you're taking prescription medications for an illness whether it be a physical illness a mental illness don't stop taking them without talking to your doctor first okay don't stop taking your medications that are prescribed until you have a conversation with your doctor first. Now, have a place where you store needed phone numbers. You know, numbers of those you can talk to when you need their ear. They could be family, they could be friends, they could be a clergy, they could be a professional. Uh, Maybe that's in your go-to box. Knowing that it's okay to talk about your feelings, even if you're if if they're not making sense, is okay. It can reduce the sense. Uh, sorry, it can reduce the shame of sharing, which is so important. And now, spend time with people who you like and trust. That's a really valuable thing because then you feel safe and held and listened to. And you know, if you're working even as we exit lockdown, if you're working and you need time off, then visit your GP, call your GP, get some kind of support to assist you to be able to get that time off legitimately through your work. Ask your doctor for support if you need it, yeah? It might be really difficult to talk to someone because you're sharing your vulnerability, you're sharing stuff that you can't even make sense of yourself. And if you're not used to doing this, it makes it even more difficult. 
And so if this is you, what about if you tried writing your feelings down in some kind of a journal or a diary? And even if you don't want to have a book that has a front and an end, just have bits of paper. But it's the action of writing it down and you'll be surprised how reading your words back, how reflecting on your words can really shed a new light on a once dark situation. It can help you understand what you're thinking or feeling and it can put a different perspective on how you're reacting to situations in your life. I think the biggest thing is that it can also make it easier for you to resolve situations by just looking through a different lens. And that's so powerful and life-changing. Tell trusted people in your life what you need when you're feeling unwell. You know when it's coming on, you know when you're there, but reach out to people so they know how they can support you. Tell them what you need so that if you need someone to be able to do household chores, or you need them to assist you in finding a way to make it happen. If you need someone to do your shopping for you, if you need someone to feed the cat, let them know. Because if you're not able to do it, that's an added worry that you've got something else that is undone around you, the feelings of uselessness. To develop the belief that you're not alone, read about other people who have managed difficult times, experiences, episodes like yourself. And this can be really inspirational. It can remind you of possibility that this doesn't have to be the only way. Now, an invitation to create something, another thing. Create a recovery plan. And what helps you feel better? In that recovery plan, put that in there. You know, about yourself, about the world. What makes you feel better? What helps when you're distressed? And you can write this down as a reminder to refer to, and it might be something as simple like going for a walk or calling someone for a good chin wag, but write it down in this lovely recovery plan that you know you can refer to. It's like a logbook, isn't it? Now, can you offer yourself some compassion, please? The thoughts that you have are temporary. They really are temporary. Even if they feel permanent, they are temporary. And... It's merely an illusion, really, of their permanence. You didn't suddenly develop suicidal thoughts. It took some time and it will take some time to fade. So practice patience by reminding yourself that it is possible to feel a different way. And the way forwards may seem full of obstacles right now, but with the help of others, with the help of yourself and those who are, are around you and the things that you put in your boxes and in your life, these wonderful offerings that I've suggested, you can be sure that the way you're thinking and the way you're feeling in this moment, that it will change moment by moment, second by second. It will change, I promise, because life changes, life shifts. Now, here's something that's really, really important that I want to close on, and that is please seek professional help if helping yourself alone isn't enough, if it's not working. Please seek professional help. You know, not everyone who is feeling suicidal is experiencing mental illness like depression or anxiety. So getting expert support can really support you 
in understanding what's going on. So reach out to a professional, psychotherapist, counsellor, your GP, someone who can help you, a group, a support group that deals with what you're going through. And together, you can actually create a plan of action that suits you and suits your needs. So that's it for today. Beautiful creatives. Talking about suicide, talking about how you can help yourself, talking about people who can help you and what you have the rights to ask for and to feel and talking about the myths of suicide, what isn't true, the untruths. So bringing the truth and the facts to light. So that's it for today. And I really hope it's been helpful. I really hope it's been useful. Please do pass this on to someone who could use it if they are looking for a glimmer of hope. Please do. And a reminder that the UK Samaritans phone number is 116123. 116123. Please do source the number via an online search in your own country. But the Samaritans in the UK is free and it's available 24 hours. And simply dial 116123 if you would like to talk to someone immediately. Thank you for joining me. Please do reach out at thecreativegenius.co.uk for blogs and for announcements and for past shows. And why not subscribe while you're there? Because then you can catch up with the newsletter and see what I'm up to and what the Creative Genius is doing to support you amazing creatives. So please stay in touch. Follow at The Creative Genius Show, The Creative Genius Show on Instagram. And until next week, beautiful creatives, keep creating. You've been listening to The Creative Genius Show with Nicolette Wilson-Clark. Thank you so much for listening.